Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning, good morning, and that's right. You're listening to、um, Asia Pacific Currents, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Workerlings. And my name is Pierre Morrow, and I'll be bringing you today's program of、uh, Asia Pacific Currents. And、um, I'll be、uh, solo this morning. So,、um, and、uh, of course, we'll be have have the usual roundup of news from the、um, Asia Pacific region, as well as an interview in the second half of the program. And the interview that you're going to be hearing is going to be about the Indonesian elections,、um, the outcome of the elections of a few weeks ago, what it means.、Uh, talking a bit about the rights, what they meant.、Uh, and I interviewed、um, uh, about ten、oh, days ago Yasinta Sonia, who's the deputy director of、uh, program of the programs at the Trade Union Rights Centre in Indonesia. So that'll be a, about quarter past nine o'clock. You'll hear that. Interview, but、um, uh, thanks to the Solidarity Breakfast team for that、uh, for that very interesting program as usual, and that song that you listen, which、um, was very apt, I think, given that、um, it was the anniversary of D Day, was "I Ain't Marching Anymore" by Phil Osh. So, really remember that it's always the working class that go that goes to kill and dies in wars.、Um, very important to remember that as we fight against、uh, new wars. And、um, before I start with the usual n- news roundup,、um, remember that Radiothon is coming up.、Uh, this radio, 3CR Radio, has been going for over forty years, and、um, it's by the community for the community, and so it. Um, sell funds. So, if you like what you're listening, then please、um, give us money, donate to us, and keep us on air. Our、uh, breakfast, our program,、uh, radiothon program, is going to be next Saturday, the fifteenth、um, of.、Um, is it the fifteenth? I can't quite remember now. Let's see. What?、Well, yes, it is going to be the.、Um, The、um, I think the fifteenth of、uh, of of June. Um, but. Um, Anyway, so、um, we've got to raise two hundred fifty thousand for this、uh, radio station to keep going. So I remind you another couple of times during this program.、Um, but、um, it's just on.、Um, just ticked on four past nine o'clock. So we'll go to our first news item. We、um, unfortunately we go to the Philippines, where unionist、uh, was shot dead this week last Sunday. Dennis Sekenya, the 48-year-old、uh, vice chairman of Partido Mangalangawa Cavite chapter and a local labour organizer, was shot and killed while conducting a meeting with workers in the Barangay Bunga community in Tanza Cavite. In unfortunately a too common. To common pattern, his killer came in a motorcycle and made a clean getaway. 
His friends and comrades stated that Dennis um, was a community leader with no personal enemies and his murder, his murder was clearly a politically motivated attack. This latter, latest murder comes only weeks after the national elections that saw the triumph of allies to the autocratic president uh, Duterte and we um, brought you that story last week. Um, we pass our on our condolences and solidarity greetings to the family and comrades of Dennis Sakinya. We now go to um, to China, where obviously, uh, again, this week was another big um, um, day of remembrance. Um, uh, July 4th was the 30th anniversary of the crackdown by Chinese authorities against students and workers protesting in central Beijing against corruption, repression and poverty. The death toll from the crackdown is still uncertain to this day, but estimates range from the hundreds to the thousands of people uh, were killed. While much of the mainstream media focuses on the role of the students in the protest and the call for democracy, the reality of the protests were actually quite different. While student groups initiated the demonstrations, workers progressively joined the protest and started forming autonomous independent workers' organisation and by the end of it were were contributing the bulk of the people at the protests. The um, Communist Party, the Chinese Communist Party, moved against the protests in early June when it was apparent that workers had become the main component of the protests and were demanding both economic and political changes at their workplaces and communities. Contrary, again, contrary to a lot of media reports, the majority of people killed were not in Tiananmen Square, but in fact were in working class areas leading to the, up to the square where workers had set up barriers and committees. Afterwards, workers also received much longer jail sentences than the students. We um, would like to take this occasion to remember our fallen comrades and offer our solidarity to all our Chinese sisters and brothers. Come to me, lover, I've secrets to tell Hi, we're Dash And you're listening to 3CR Community Radio Come to me sweetly, this love of great we um, remain in China, where the month of June is not only the anniversary of the Tiananmen massacres, but it's also National Work Safety Month. Now, unfortunately, industrial sectors like construction have a continuing very poor safety record. Uh, in May alone, according to official figures, there were at least 33 workers who were killed and another 145 injured just in the construction sector alone. In many cases, the victims of these accidents are rural migrant workers contracted to work on poorly managed construction sites in the cities or employed in mines recently reopened to take advantage of rising commodity prices without first taking measures to ensure structural integrity of these mines. In addition, many other cases can be directly linked to lax government regulation and a lack of effective trade union representation in the workplace. And again, it really goes uh, back to the whole issue around uh, Tiananmen Square and how the government was really um, afraid of autonomous, independent worker organisation being set up by the workers themselves. We go to next door to um, Korea. 
where Korean workers are still battling um, the company's spin-off plans. And this is a story that we brought you um, from last week. Um, and so um, where we reported on the thousands of Hyundai Heavy Industries workers that they had blockaded the company's shareholders meeting uh, where they, they were going to meet to um, divide the company and destroy workers' entitlements and job security by hiring um, the profitable part of the company to one company and uh, the workers, their entitlements and all the debts to another company. Um, the workers um, have continued to, to strike and rally, and this time um, at the uh, Hyundai Heavy Industries shipyard in Ulsan uh, in order to put further pressure on the company and stop this sell-off. Now, it seems that the workers' efforts have also led some shareholders to bring legal contestation in regards to the legitimacy of that shareholders' meeting last week, which breached all due process protections for shareholders' rights. This is obviously an unfinished story, but really shows the power of our class when we take resolute industrial action, and it's a, it's a lesson for workers all around the world. Hi, it's Paul Kelly here. Hi, this is Shane Howard here, asking you to support 3CR. Independent radio station, encouraging independent music and independent thought. They've been supporting musicians for more than 30 years, so let's support them. That's right. Uh, remember to support us. Radio Sun is coming. We need to raise $250,000. And our Radio Sun program for Asia Pacific Currents is next Saturday. So um, put those pennies, put those dollars away. You can do it online, in person, via the phone. There's many ways of doing it. So um, no, no reason uh, not to give money to this fantastic um, radio station. We go back to um, the Philippines where in a continuing fight against casualization and for job security, contractual workers at the Holcim cement plant in Davao have demanded for many years for their employment to be regularized. Last year, they filed a complaint with the Department of Labor and Employment on this issue. In response, in March of this year, the company laid off 140 contract workers, while um, non-union workers were offered new employment contracts. Um, obviously um, casual still. Um, there, w- there has been a continuing picket outside the factory since um, this time, but on May Day, the workers' picket line was violently attacked by, by thugs. Later on uh, in the same month, the workers also found out that Holcim is planning to uh, sell the factory to notoriously anti-union Filipino conglomerate San Miguel, and San Miguel as regular listeners would know, was involved in the uh, Philippine Airlines um, strike and um, and dispute for many years. There is now an international solidarity campaign um, for these Holcim workers calling on Holcim to reinstate the dismissed workers and offer them regular employment. In... Um, <coughs> Sorry. In another um, uh, bad occurrence, really, or another uh, pointer to uh, situations getting worse, we go to Thailand, where following on from last week's uh, report of the increasing fear by exiled anti-dictatorship uh, activists residing in uh, countries neighbouring Thailand, and the fact there is a uh, a 700-strong um, task force that is now going to hunt them down, there is also increasing repression inside Thailand. 
Last Sunday, Siri with Janu Saritiwat, a prominent activist, um, prominent anti-dictatorship uh, activist, was attacked by a group of men and left severely injured while leaving an anti-Junta protest. Siri with is the third activist to be targeted by an, an unidentified assailant since early May in a pattern seen by um, Junta opponents as an attempt to silence their campaign. This week, a new government was sworn in in Thailand, handed by the ex-military general and dictator Prayut Chan-o-Cha. Opposition parties have called for uh, increased protest and opposition uh, in order to defeat this ongoing climate and repression and the continuity rule by the uh, military in Thailand. Hey, this is Nick Rumpinyar. You're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now. Give money back to the people that give music to you. Our last um, item for um, for this news roundup, we go back to South Korea, where early this month, Han Hye Kyung, a 41-year-old ex-Samsung electronics worker, received official confirmation for the approval of her workers' compensation. Now, um, Han was diagnosed in 2005 with brain tumour at the age of 27. Han had began working and handling hazardous chemicals while soldering together LCD parts in 1995 when she was only 17 years of age. She worked on the assembly line for six years. In 2009, so a number of years, um, uh, four years after um, she was diagnosed with brain cancer, Han with her, sing- with, um, her single mother, Kim Sinyo, petitioned for workers' compensation for her brain tumour. The two women spent six years fighting the huge Samsung corporation in a brutal war of attrition and actually then gave up because uh, they were frustrated in the courts. It was only in 2017, so two years ago, when another ex-Samsung worker was awarded compensation for his fatal brain tumour, where the mother and daughter able to restart their claim for compensation, and they finally won it. To celebrate this memorable memorable victory, uh, occupational health and safety activists will host a party for their two women. So there you go, a bit of a good news story to um, finish this news roundup of the labour labour news from the region. Hello gardeners, Pam Vardy here. Get ready to turn on and tune in to the Gardening Show's annual Radiothon. It all takes place on Sunday the 23rd of June from 7.30 to 10am when you can help keep your favourite gardening show growing. Listen in on Sunday the 23rd of June and call 94198377 for great deals on seeds, new organic products, gardening tools, nursery vouchers, magazine subscriptions and new green-focused book titles. Or... Make a tax-deductible donation to support 3CR Community Radio. Join us at the station after the show from 10 to 12pm to pick up your prizes, have a cuppa and say hello. Dig deep for the 2019 3CR Gardening Radiothon, 7.30 till 10am on Sunday the 23rd of June. 
And of course, you can donate to many other programs all this week to 3CR Radio. Anyway, we must keep uh, keep going. It's just on 16 past 9 o'clock here on Asia Pacific Current, brought to you every week by Australia Asia Workerlinks on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. Um, we'll go to the interview I did um, uh, a few days ago with Jacinta Sonia, who's a Deputy Director of uh, Programs of the Trade Union Rights Centre in Indonesia about the recent elections in Indonesia. What were the main issues during the recent general elections that were held in mid-April in Indonesia? First of all, it's a very big question, but if you ask the main issues, I probably will go through the topics that we have in five debates. In, in five debates in presidential election, we have several topics divided into five. The first, uh, the first debate is uh, scoping law, human rights, corruption, and terrorism. And the second is energy, food security, natural resources, environment, infrastructures. And the third debate, education, health, employment, social and culture issues. And the fourth debate concerning ideology, um, governance, security, international relations, and the fifth the uh, economy and social welfare. But overall, no new issues actually that brought to the table of this general election. But in my highlight in debates of employment topics issues, mention are remain old, old topics actually, like social security agency deficit, unemployment, employment, how to tackle un- unemployment in Indonesia, and uh, both candidates have vocational training center uh, as a solution. Not both candidates, but Jokowi's side have that idea. And the other is also more cards on employment to access that benefits. And there's no one particular, no particular substantial issue that brought into the table in this uh, general election. We'll talk about employment and labour uh, later on mm-hmm. in the questions, but certainly you talked about lots of issues. And of course, Indonesia is a very large and very varied country. I would expect there were quite a few regional differences as well. Of course. Regarding to the issues of politics, political approach, of course, we have different differentiations. For example, in extreme, in extreme example, some people in East Indonesia appreciate infrastructure development during a Jokowi regime, but some others find that unnecessary and unimportant because they, they need some more fundamental issue addressed more than infrastructure like education and, and well-being of the people. But in another example, in Jaffa, for example, um, or, or other metropolitan city like Surabaya, Jakarta, Bandung, um, and, and etc. People dealing with matter, with matter like expensive and unaccessible housing, costly education, and high costly transportation. So, of course, in my opinion, previous election needing a tricky different strategies because there's differences in most of in the, most of Indonesian part of region. Now, of course, the uh, election is over and the um, current president, Joko Widodo, uh, who's known as Jokowi, mm-hmm. was able to beat his main opponent for presidential election, the former General Prabowo Subianto. Now, yeah. was that win uh, expected or was it a surprise? 
actually in general it's a factor but but this talk this vision of his being winning again for the second term has several doubtness in the first, in the very first time he introduced his running partner because Jokowi chose a Muslim prominent from NEU organization as his running partner. I strongly believe it would rise, would affecting uh, arise a number of abstentions or or golf, what we call it, who previously are Ahok supporters, um, Jakarta ex-government who jailed because of blasphemy, and just and it and that decision probably disappointing. Concern as disappointing for for the other side of Jokowi supporters, since uh, once Maruf Amin uh, endorsed endorsed Ahok to go to jail because of his uh, blasphemy blasphemy cases. So, but overall, this this winning of Jokowi is yeah is as expected. Thank you for that. And we'd actually covered uh, Ahok jailing mm-hmm. last year in this uh, show. Now, the official declaration of Jokowi's win last week, though, saw two days of very serious writing in Jakarta. Why do you think yeah. this happened? And, and who were the people and organisations involved in this writing? First of all, I don't see this like a serious rioting. Uh, because it's only happened in two districts in Jakarta. It's only happened in Tanabang, in Jakarta, central Jakarta. In other regions of Jakarta, like southwest and other buffer cities, not experiencing this terror, if you want to say that kind of terror. So this rioting only focused on those two or three main uh, main areas, and it happened for two days, right? But I think it's I think it happened because because Prabowo don't know how to lose actually. Since the very first time the uh, presidential election held in April until now, we have two uh, one full month. Prabowo side keep introducing some opinion about about Jokowi's winning. Not from they talk about they gave examples and op- and opinions produce opinions of. Just cheating, this elections and everything. And uh, a week ago, this unpopular opinion that they try to build, they celebrating it with with riot. The people who who participate in this riot actually not come from outside Jakarta. From some of them, I might say uh, I read from the news were from Sumatra and from other part of East Java. And police found that they got paid. Uh, 3,000 rupees per per person from some organization or some, for uh, or from some some other person that until now police and other investigation haven't able to prove who paid for them their logist logistic and everything. So this person, this group of person who who, who contributing in rioting, are simply just because they are a tool for bringing more opinion that this election are full of cheating and everything. It's it's like one of tools that tries to uh, change people's mind about the, the result of the uh, election. The uh, elections were also for the Indonesian parliament, the People's Consultative Assembly. Did Jokowi's party and allies win uh, uh, here yeah. as well? Yes, uh, significantly win. So that 
uh, brings us to the next uh, question and given that Jokowi has won, will have control of parliament, what is his political program in relation to the rights of uh, mm-hmm. workers organising trade union freedom and wages? Because obviously uh, mm. employment, unemployment, social services were a big issue in the election. Well, if you ask what's their main issues for workers in uh, in their upcoming uh, period. From the debates, we understand that Jokowi's side has raised the problem on vocational programs. They want to raise the vocational program as a solution to to tackle unemployment in Indonesia. And also for first May, before the May Day, uh, Jokowi also invites some of trade union national leader into the palace to talk about the revision of wage structure regulation and also one idea on the pre-work discard will be functioning as as a tool for workers to access to access training and other programs related to improving their capacity as their as as the workers this program also related to to the vocational program, which uh, which contain upskilling and reskilling workers' ability, practical ability, and the next would be I heard Jokowi also still discussing about unemployment benefits for tackling tackling layoffs problem in Indonesia. To conclude, there mm-hmm. have been a lot of promises by Jokowi and his mm-hmm. um, allies, but from the workers' mm-hmm. perspective, do you think that the situation for workers and for union organising is going to become easier mm-hmm. in the next 12 months? It's going to be more difficult. This is the second and the last term, last chance of uh, Jokowi's presidential for, Indone- for Indonesia. So we also have 50% hope, but 50% optimism. The optimism rise because it's Jokowi last term. So uh, we hope, we kind of hope that he can work, you know, without compromising other pressure from his allies or from his opponent. So, uh, regarding to trade union movement and trade union activism, again, I would say it's probably probably better or probably it's just the same since we don't have since we don't we don't know how we will run their presidential in this in in, in his second term but uh, i want to highlight things that we still facing some fundamental problems in employment like outsourcing relocation of of factories and and union busting but those fundamental fundamental problems are I haven't heard the solutions yet from Jokowi's side. And in other positive, optimist side, we hear that this government wants to promote inclusive social protection for informal workers like creative workers and other workers who are not formalized in one factories or, or companies. So I guess it's good. And we also have like regulation that regulates domestic workers and migrant workers and I heard that Jokowi government wants to enhance that kind of programs for the marginalized workers so I think it's gonna be good 
And the last thing is the unemployment benefit that this government has been discussing for months, for months or for years. It could be very helpful for the workers since since we cannot access our severance payment, severance payment not that easy to access. With this unemployment uh, benefit, it could able to provide workers who got uh, layoff in the middle of nowhere that that's currently happening a lot in Indonesia. Well, thank you for that, and we certainly hope that some of the things you've said will come uh, to fruition, and yeah. the, uh, and yeah. the workers and unions will be able to um, take advantage and actually improve mm-hmm. their protection mm-hmm. and their workplace rights. So, Jacinta, thanks a lot for the interview, and we wish you yeah. and all your colleagues and uh, workmates all the best. Ah, thank you so much for your wishes. Three CR Community Radio, eight five five AM. You were listening to an interview with Yasinta Sonia, the Deputy Director of Programs at the Trade Union Rights Centre in Indonesia, about the recently held uh, Indonesian election and what they uh, mean for the country and especially for workers in that country. Uh, it's just on, uh, we've got about 30 seconds to go. Uh, um, the uh, Stay tuned to the Palestinian uh, program coming up, um, Palestinian Remembered, coming up. Uh, straight after this program but remember you've been listening to Asia Pacific Currents brought to you every week by Australia Asia Worker Links on your favourite radio station Radiothon is up uh, next week is going to be our Radiothon program donate um, to us donate to 3CR Radio It's uh, we need to raise $250,000 go on our website uh, give us a call, come in in person and we'll accept uh, your money no donation too small or too big but that's all that we have for you today I'm Pierre Morrow, we'll be back next week but stay tuned to 3CR and Palestine Remembered Did you enjoy listening to that podcast? Here at 3CR we're a community radio station and you're part of that Right now is Radiothon, when we ask our community to pitch in with a few dollars that can help keep media in the hands of our community. This year, we need to raise $250,000 to keep the station on air. Any amount that you can afford makes a big difference. And it's really easy to donate. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash donate. Your support is greatly appreciated and helps us power radical podcasts for yet another year. Thanks, as always, for listening.